you look on social media and see all of these hand-picked highlight reels of everybody's life and you're going, what am I doing wrong? And the truth is like, we're all dealing with something. So um, I see you girl, you're worthy of help and you're worthy of the inner peace that you're looking for. That's Bree Schmidt. And she's here to talk with us for episode two of the So God Made a Mother podcast. We sat down to talk with Bree about self-care. Now, before you think, I don't have time for that, listen to the challenge Bree has for us about reframing how we're thinking about self-care and how we're putting it into practice in our daily lives. Episode two starts now. Hi, friends. We are once again pumped. This is the word I use. Pumped, right, Carolyn? We are pumped. To have our dear friend, the, the... Bree Schmidt. She, she needs a, a, it's it's capital. Yes. The, the Bree Schmidt from the Thinking Branch. And she is a mom and a wife and has a viral platform over on uh, the Thinking Branch and speaks basically now to everyone all over the globe on self-care, mental health in motherhood. Right, Bree? Welcome. Good morning. Good morning to <laughs> the I cannot with that introduction. I also see, look at me jumping in already. I should say too, you're like the OG. You've been around for a long time. I have been. I think that when you first accepted my first piece, there were 40,000 followers on the Facebook page. So it is, I I think Brie, you and I, I think came on around the same time. I want to say we were kind of, yeah. I can remember I, talking to Brie and like, she, she called me once when like on the phone, like old school, this is how old school we are. <laughs> and I remember we're driving somewhere and talking to Brie on the phone. I so. remember where I was. I remember I was walking the cul-de-sac in front of my house. And I remember that conversation too. And I think it's interesting. You say it's like the old school way, but I feel like voice to voice connection is something that is so important for us as moms. And I think we do so much texting and social media is great. But it's funny you say that because one of my, you know, speaking of self-care, one of the things I'm really focusing on lately is that connection with other moms and having phone calls or sitting across the kitchen island from each other, moving away all the dishes and just having a conversation. (laughs) But I, it's so funny. I vividly remember standing on a certain part of the cul-de-sac having that conversation with you. So fun. And now, and now it's the rest of you. How close we all are and being in three different parts of the country. You you were family to me and we've seen each other, I don't know, five, six times, something like that. And we've all been through a lot together, a lot of deep dive journeys, right? Mm -hmm. Just a few, I would say personally (laughs) and professionally, right? We've, um, but that's what I love about her view and you and the writer community that's what it is. It's like family. And we can, you know, in, in this world that we live in and being in the online space, we have friends that know what we do, but don't fully understand it. And I feel like that's why I've always connected with this community. Obviously, I love you too. Um, but just the, just the ability to connect with people who get it, who are trying to make a difference in, in helping moms and helping reach women. And there's just nothing like it. So And you do you. that. So well. I was just going to say, Brie is like the primo cheerleader. If you like everyone I wish could have Brie sitting on their shoulder, just, you know, talking and it's, a little and bit. And it's genuine. And it is genuine. It's mm-hmm. not like this fakey, like, oh, you got it. You're going to be fine. No, she's just, she takes the time to get to know you 
yeah, she's an amazing friend. Well, thanks for that. Can we, can we <laughs> dive into, into all that and how good <laughs> you are with that? Because when you started this, I mean, your words have been viral in a good way for a long time, but when you started the self-care talk, that word was kind of, what do you mean self-care? What do you mean we're supposed to take care of ourselves? And you now, you do such a beautiful job of helping women understand how important it is to take care of themselves, but it's not just a bubble bath. It's deeper than that. So can you talk about that journey a little bit? Yes, it is my favorite topic. Um, Self-care, I remember first hearing the word when I was in the throes of young motherhood with a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a newborn crawling all over me. I had just started a business after leaving my job in professional sports. Incredibly supportive husband, family, friends. And I would hear the word self-care, though, and be like, really, world? You want me to practice self-care? Do you want to come into my home and see what my life looks like trying to manage all of this stuff? And you want me to go to the spa? Or you want me to go take a walk on a beach when I lived in Cleveland at the time? (laughs) I'm like, really, world? Is that what it is? And I think that that's when I started looking at the way that the the word self-care was being thrown at us as moms. And no wonder all of us had this disconnect with it because the world was saying, to your point, Leslie, uh, self-care is a bath. Self-care is this spa day. And so I started to disconnect from it because the world's definition of it didn't match to what I needed in that moment. And so I think the reason that we struggle with it is because we go to the world to say, what is self-care? And as moms, we do not create space for ourselves to look inward and say, what do I need for self-care? And so that's really what I've been doing in my work, doing keynote speaking, working with companies and mom groups and anybody who wants to listen about self-care is this idea that how do we make self-care inner work? We have to ask ourselves first. And candidly, what I need for self-care today is different than what it was last week, Hmm. different from what it was last season, different from what it was when I was a young mom. And so that's really, I think the approach that I've taken it is, is saying to people, self-care is not this one, one size fits all thing. It's something that we have to constantly ask ourselves what we need and know that it will look different. And how do women do that? Because how, when you were in those dark moments, young motherhood, and you're very candid about going through a lot of journeys and struggles through day-to-day life as we all do, but how do you know that you need to, you need more than that bubble bath? You need to start taking care of yourself. What are the first steps? It really is. So every day um, I do this thing and I look in the mirror and I swear I will look here and I'll go, how are you really? Because wait, 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 you do that to yourself every day. I love that. So, so because for me, as someone who's on social media um, and someone who, you know, is always out and about with their kids and around other people, you realize that you get very influenced by what you read, what you see, what you hear, how you see other mothers momming. And I think that I notice that I start to struggle when I, I'm not checking with myself. I'm constantly like seeing a meme and being like, oh no, like, am I doing it that way? Or I hear another mom talk about how she handled something and I'm like, oh no, am I momming the right way? Instead of taking the time to really check in with myself constantly. And so this, how are you really question, you know, like today I asked myself, how are you really? And I'm like, well, I'm a little tired 
starts in a weekend, but I get to talk to my girls today. So I'm good. Right. So I'm going to ride this good wave, but there are days where I'll look in the mirror and ask, and I'm like, I'm not well. And there are certain questions I'll ask myself. I'm like, okay, what do I need today for my inner peace? That could be as simple as hiding in my closet for five minutes and, you know, having like YouTubing a meditation just to give me some space. It could be a walk. Or it might mean I have to go to my husband and say, hey, I need you to take care of all the kid things tonight, knowing that that's not what it looks like every day. But if I, again, because I'm being aware every day, knowing, okay, you know, there are some days my husband maybe isn't here, so I need something else, right? So instead of being frustrated, they can't help me, I say, okay, my husband's not here. Um, the kids have a million things to do tonight. What am I going to do? And maybe it's, I'm going to sit in my car for five minutes at that practice and I'm going to text a friend or call a friend. So I think that we just don't give ourselves any space to check in with ourselves. And sometimes that check-in is just saying, you know what, it's really hard right now and that's okay. Just what it is. And, and to give myself that space to then go, okay, well, if I'm not okay, what do I need today? And who can I ask for help? And I think that help piece is also a really important part of this as well. That's not hard for me at all, Brie. Don't you know me? <laughs> it's easy, right? <laughs> Look at yourself in the mirror and be honest, right? <laughs> Go there. Uh, that is hard though, I think. It's I hard. think it's hard because it sounds, it it almost sounds silly. It's like, uh, not that it is silly, but right. it, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's a little bit like, oh, I have to, we just try to muscle our way through the day it's just hard to get through that because you think I just got to do what I got to do. So, yeah. And, and I think it becomes even harder. I was just talking about asking for help right now, for whatever reason, this in this season that the world's in, that we're all in, I feel like we're all going through something. Literally everyone is going through something. That's always the case, but I feel like coming out of the last couple of years, you know, and I, and maybe it's also me being the stage of life I am. My kids are 11, 9, and 7, and a lot of my friends are in that same space where we're going a million miles an hour. And so if I start to struggle and I'm like, I need help, I need to talk to somebody, my mind starts playing that mental gymnastics of, well, that person's also going through something. I don't want to burden them. You know, they're running to dance recitals and, you know, running all over the place and trying to manage their work. I don't want to burden them with my stuff because what if they're also going through things as well? And I think that piece for us is why so many of us are feeling isolated and and not, you know, speaking up. And so one of the things that I started doing to kind of get over that is if I reach out to a friend, I will first lead with, hey, I have some things that like I just need to talk about and I'll ask do you have the capacity for me to share that with you? Because I know sometimes as me being the the one that a lot of people go to, because it's, it's my gift, it's my God-given gift. I've accepted it that I'm just somebody who is just kind of puts off that energy that you could talk to me because I do, I love to help. But when I'm struggling, I can't sometimes. And so I've also learned to be able to say like, hey, I don't have the capacity for this today, but here's what I do have capacity for. So I feel like we just need to start just saying that honestly to the friend that we're worried about burdening to even say, Hey, I'm worried about burdening you with this. Can we talk about that? Because maybe that friend's like, no, I need to, I need to talk too. So let's create space for both of us to talk. So I just feel like that's where we just need to start being honest with each other is this idea that we feel like we're burdening each other but then we're all sitting around dealing with our own stuff, not talking about it when all we want is to talk to somebody. Right. And so it's, it's, 
it's really, really difficult. Even because for somebody it's, who knows it's important. Well, because you have to be vulnerable, Brie. Mm-hmm. And that is terrifying, but also so important. And you are so good at that, of just being brave. And you, you know, when you say yes, because that's your gift, that is, it is your gift. You're great at reaching out. You're great at being like, let's talk today. And that has got to be a lot for you too, to be like highs and lows of like taking everybody else's emotions and then dealing with it with yourself. But you, exactly what you said, you said, be honest, be honest. And that's it. Like, I think that is, and I think we're doing better, right? We are doing better. And I think that this is where the word boundaries, if you follow me on the thinking branch, you know, boundaries has been one of my favorite words lately. Boundaries are very hard for a person like me, because if I put up boundaries, all of a sudden I feel like a bad person because I can't help somebody. But, you know, speaking of vulnerability, um, I probably hit my lowest mental health low beating out after I was struggling postpartum with my kids like this past January. I can't put my finger on it. I don't know what it was. Um, I've done some therapy work to get to the bottom of it a little bit, but I was in a terrible place. And so when I'm in that place, I have to have boundaries to the outside world because I can't, if I'm constantly helping someone else, everyone else, which is really part of what happened, then I'm not leaving anything left for myself. And so many of us givers feel like that's a selfish thing to say, like, well, we should serve everyone else. We need to take care of everyone else. And that's true. But I, I can't do that if I'm spiraling into my own mental health struggles because taking care of me is going to allow me to come back even stronger and be there for more people. And so, you know, it is vulnerability is really hard. Boundaries are really hard, but it's, it's all part of it. And again, why we need to just constantly talk with ourselves and be like, where am I at right now? What do I need right now? And know that that us being well is going to help us serve our families better, serve our friends better, and just ultimately be able to go about our lives feeling more fulfilled and having the inner peace that we all deserve. It's like that. What is that saying of like five seconds of, of do it scared or something, you know, like ask yourself what it is, do something scary. So I, I, I was thinking of that because how do you know if you need more help than just reaching out to a friend? How do you know when you need to reach out to a therapist, a counselor, get on medication, whatever it is. Cause that seems, that seems real scary. I love that you brought this up because, you know, I, I was just doing this talk about it's okay to not be okay. And I think we've come a long way with that phrase, right? It's okay to not be okay. Mm -hmm. But what happens is we've normalized it being okay to not be okay, but we're all still struggling with, okay, I'm not okay. Now, what do I do with that? (laughs) So we, we accept, okay, it's all right. Uh, And we play this game of, well, this too shall pass. And I don't want to burden anybody with it. I'm just going to get through it on my own first. I think if we, any of us get to a point where we start to wonder, do we need more than just help with a friend or have the help of a friend that maybe we need to reach out to a doctor or therapist? That's the time to reach out to a doctor or therapist and ask, right? That's what they're there for. For me, therapy, I think if you're a living, breathing human being, therapy is good for you. So many of us think that we have to be going through this big trauma or that we have to be have a diagnosis of some sort to go to a therapist when the reality is just managing the day-to-day of being a mom, for me being a working mom, for me being a working mom who lives with anxiety, 
those little day-to-day pressures of like, oh my gosh, I have to pack another lunch and I have to make another choice between work and home. Which one do I do? And there are these constant pressures. And yes, is it a privilege to serve our families? Is it a privilege to be a mom? Of course it is, but it doesn't mean it's not hard. And for me, getting it off my chest, getting off my heart and off my mind onto the ears of a therapist or a doctor just makes it lighter. Does it fix it? No, but it makes it lighter. And it makes me feel like I don't have to carry all those bricks by myself. So I, so to answer that directly, if you start to feel that way, again, I'm not a doctor, like don't take this as medical advice, but I feel like if you even have that inkling that something that you might need extra help, why not reach out and say that, and then let the doctor or therapist take it from there. Yeah. You're so, and you're so good about being candid and and just mm-hmm. candidly saying, guys, go get help. And it's not the stigma that it used to be. I feel like you do a great job with that. So many writers on the internet now do such a good job of just being honest and saying, this is what I do. You don't have to feel like it's weird um, and just be brave and take that next step. And you're really good at that. Yeah, but that's interesting though, because it's like, you're right. It's not the stigma anymore. Mm -hmm. It's like people talk about going to therapy. For me, it goes back to the other thing. Can you find that courage to be vulnerable? And I think it's important to recognize we were all raised in different homes and we are raised, you know, there's a generation of push through it. Don't talk about it. Don't ask for help. You know, we celebrate those mothers that do it all. So there's, I, I feel like we've worked on the stigma now it's about working on ourselves to believe that we are worthy of that and to push past those fears of doing it. Because it is still out there where people might be like, why are you talking about self-care so much? Why is it so important? And how do you get past that? Because you know, people are still like, that's kind of, I used to give Brie the hardest time about that. Every time she'd be like, (laughs) self-care, we have a hard time with that. Again, the world is like, hey, this is what self-care is. And you're like, well, I don't have time for that. I don't have money for that. I can't take a trip and do that. We, we again, we're not defining self-care for ourselves. Like for me, sometimes self-care is as simple as, okay, I'm going to text five friends something positive this morning because doing that just gives me a little bit of light. And if that's the only thing I do that day, I still honored myself by checking in with myself and and doing that. And so again, I think it's just, it's hard because we're trying to live up. It's like another stupid thing that we're trying to live up to the expectations of what self-care looks like. Are we working out every day? Are we eating well? Are we, you know, are we, you know, going and doing something for us and having girl time? And if we're not doing that, then we're hard on ourselves. And we're Mm -hmm. like, well, we're not practicing self-care, but really, is there a five minute practice of something? You know, for me, sometimes it's just doing meal prep, like just cooking. That's my self-care because I know it's going to help me later in the week. So again, let's stop trying to live up to what the world says it is. So we stop hating the word and instead define it for something that's good for us and our inner peace so that we can love the word again. You know, you taught me that. Do you know that? I don't know that. You did. You did. So Brie used to to help her view. I mean, she still mentally helps us daily, me <laughs> daily. But um, I remember years ago when you came on and you were helping, do you remember I would never even take a break? Oh, and yeah. then when you came in and and you talked about that so much and I, and I would be like no I'm I'm going to go I, we call it my scary hills there's this part of town that I always go run in and and I would do that and now I do that I do that every day I set a boundary at night cuz my kids are all in school and so I'm on working by 8am and I set a boundary by 2 I'm done and I if you know 
I try to be. And mm-hmm. I no longer, I don't bring my phone with me into my bedroom at night and I keep it in my office and I have healthy boundaries for myself. And I am a better person overall because I've been able to do that. And that is not selfish. That is not weird. That is important. And it's how I'm a better business owner to the staff, to my husband, to my kids, to myself. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, Carolyn, right? Maybe it's like a Midwest. I don't know what it is like a a Nebraska. Well, I I think you have a piece that you wrote about givers. I Mm -hmm. I mean, I know you talked so that, and you mentioned that word earlier in that, that I think is something that as moms, we like to think we're just handling it. We're doing everything and it's no big deal, but as a mother, you are a giver constantly of your time, your energy, your body, your absolutely everything. So if you frame it in that way, to me, that makes it, then self-care isn't, you know, some annoying thing. It's crucial. It's, it's necessary just even in the small, like you said, Leslie, like just saying, I have to turn off my phone or whatever at this time, because we are givers and givers get tired. Yeah. And, 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 you know, when I, when I speak to businesses, I speak, I talk about it that way. I'm like, we all go to these conferences and read these books and try to get all these tools for our business. But what good are the tools? If the person that is required to pick them up and use them is not cared for, you can have these sharpened skills, but if you are not well enough to use them, what is the point? And I say the same thing with mothers. You know, I, I have really come to a point where I do self-care for me first. That took me a very long time to get to. Um, but I am like, I, when they say self-care isn't selfish, I talk about, well, why can't self-care be selfish? Why can't self-care you, be something that do I mean, do- instead of for your family or for your kids, because yeah. it, fra- yeah, it frames it a little differently. Yeah. yeah. But I needed it to be framed that way when I first started, because I, at the, at the time didn't, was like, well, I'm not worthy of that because I need to give. So for me to, to at least start practicing self-care, I had to go, self-care is going to make me a better mom. It's going to make me a better wife, make me a better business owner. So I'll do it for that because I wasn't ready to do it for me. So I think for the moms who are struggling with it, I'll say it to you. It will help your kids. It's a tool that you can show your kids. I started to be vocal with my kids like, hey, mommy, this is a thing that mommy's doing for self-care. What do you do for your own self-care? So I now view it as a tool of parenting, both for it makes me show up as a better mom, but I'm also teaching them a lifelong skill set that they will need as they grow older. But I also think that, again, because we're givers, it's a, it's hard for us to say, well, we're doing it for me. And I want to I want to be able to do it for me, too, mm-hmm. and have it be the bonus that it also helps everybody else as well. But if you are in that stage where you're like just getting started as a mom, it's OK. You can say self-care isn't selfish because yeah. that means you're taking care of your kids, but it's OK to do it for you, too. Right. OK, there's a Bluey episode about this. Do you watch oh. Bluey? Well, oh, I, you I'm have to watch this. Is, this. I, I, yeah, I'm past blue. Kids are a little bit, old, but you would love it because there's an episode where the mom says, I just need 20 minutes. And the whole episode is them trying to give mom 20 minutes. And the kids come to her at the end and say, why don't you want to be with us? And she says, it's not that. It's just that sometimes mom needs 20 minutes. And that is so true because so, it's not selfish. It's just taking care of yourself. I, I have to share this. My um, So my oldest daughter she takes forever to get ready. I mean, forever to get ready. And it has become a thing that's like, everyone's being like, why are you doing that? And she has this nighttime routine where it's a whole thing. I mean, she has a process that she does, but it takes forever. And there was one night where I was like, 
can we just skip this part? You know, it's late. You just got home. Like, can we just go? And she looked at me and she goes, mom, this is my self-care. Oh, Oh. she goes, (laughs) you a self-care advocate. She goes, this process (laughs) helps me calm my mind after a long day of school and soccer. And it helps me when I get into bed, I am relaxed and I fall asleep better. And I was like, well, didn't you just say to me? And, but it, but, but she learned that from me. And, and I think about her and she put up a, I mean, and she stood up for herself to say, no, this is my self-care. And so when I think about all of those times that I thought self-care was selfish, and then I watch her practice it for herself to know that she deserves this time that helps her sleep better. Like, that's what I'm talking about. It's the prime example that when we show it, when we model it for our kids, the way that we should model kindness and, and all of the those different things, when we model it, we're giving it to them and then they're going to use the tools. And that's how we change this whole thing, the stigma of all of it. And, mm-hmm. and boy, she, uh, I looked at her, I was like, oh, you're good. You're good. You're good. <laughs> She's been paying attention. I'm like, but just, just started a little bit earlier. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe five minutes earlier. So for the for the mom who is really struggling right now and she's in it and she doesn't know where to start, what would you say to her? That brought a tear to my eye right away. I would first say to her that I see her, right? I know we love that word, but so many moms in the that space just don't feel seen. They're just like, does anybody know like all the things that I'm doing? Do they see all of this? Do they see me trying so hard to like help each of my kids and keep the home going and, you know, to take care of my friends? Does anybody see it? And so I feel like that piece of it is the most important thing. And I think that the second thing that I say is that she's not alone in it, but that she's deserving of, of things getting better. And I remember when I was in the thick of it, I was just like, this is never going to change. Like, this is like, this is just my life now. I guess this is what they say that motherhood is. But I think the really first step of it is really understanding that you are worthy of that time for yourself, even if it's a couple minutes, you know, even if you have, you know, you're rocking the baby at 3 a.m. and like use that time to close your eyes and just check in with yourself and breathe. Um, but just always know that you are deserving of, inner, the inner peace that you're looking for and that it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to accept help when it's offered to you, but know that, you know, there are seasons that it's just hard. I have a necklace. It's so funny. You said the word in it, because I have a necklace that someone gave me that said in it. And it was just, it was something that was just this reminder, like I'm in it and that's okay, but I don't, it's not going to be this way all the time. Right. So, um, I just think mom, there's so many moms out there who feel like you look on social media and see all of these handpicked highlight reels of everybody's life and you're going, what am I doing wrong? And the truth is like, we're all dealing with something. So um, I see you girl and um, you're worthy of help and you're worthy of the inner peace that you're looking for. Oh, friend, you're so good. I just, I love talking to you. You are my therapist. (laughs) She's a collective therapist because she reaches thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people yep. online. Well, you know, and I always say like that number, you know, we hear the word viral and like number of followers and stuff. And mm-hmm. 
you know, I always look at that number and I'm like, this is how many people are craving mm. and raw conversation. And if people could see some of the DMs that I get from people, you know, who are like, hey, I couldn't explain anxiety to my husband. And this post you just wrote, all I had to do is hand my phone to him and now he gets it. Or I've been thinking about going to therapy for a year. Thank you. I've been listening to you talking about going to your therapist. And that's the thing that motivates me and keeps me going. Cause there are some days it is really hard. It's hard mm-hmm. to be the one putting their heart out onto the internet mm-hmm. for people to read and take in and so stuff that's sometimes so personal, but you know, there's just always somebody, I always imagine the one person out there who is just needing someone to say it. Um, and so it's, it's, it's sometimes daunting. Uh, is that the word? I don't know. Yeah, um, it works. It's, it's sometimes that, but, but it's mostly, I just feel really lucky that I get to use this gift and this passion that I have and, um, and make a difference with it. It's, and, and you all have been and the Hervey from home community has been such a big part and that, you know, I, I was so early on when I joined this community and it was, I was in the middle of like, am I enough? And do I belong? And all these other people, like, can I call myself a writer? You know, and I was going through all of that. And I had such a community of people around me in her view and supporting me and sharing my work and, and us collaborating together. And it's the power of community. And I think her view is just the epitome of when you speak honestly and openly that is when community happens and we are not alone in this and we don't have to isolate or feel like we are by ourselves in this struggle that when we all open up and just share our hearts, that's when you feel a part of something. And I think that's the beauty of her view. Watching you grow the past few years has been just such a cool gift, Brie. And you are, you are doing what God called you to do and you are changing lives. And I hope you know that. I think you do. I think, I think you're, I think you know that. And uh, guys, you can find her in our book. So God made a mother. She's in there as well. You can find her on all of her social pages, the thinking branch, and you speak all over. How do, if people want to find you to speak, how does that work? Yes. So I, over the last year, I have been speaking with companies, employee resource groups, women's conferences, mom groups um, across the country, both virtually and in person about this idea of prioritizing our wellness and seeing that wellness is important in the workplace and it's um, important for us personally. So um, I've been very active on LinkedIn. LinkedIn's like my new favorite place. So you can definitely find me on LinkedIn, Um, but you can also just reach out to me on my, you know, on my thinking branch platforms on Facebook and Instagram. I'm very you know, that's where I love to connect with people. Like it, it's just me. I don't, it, you know, there's nobody answering my messages for me or anything. So just um, please reach out to me there on LinkedIn. I'm at Brie, B-R-E-A Schmidt. We also put those in the show notes so you guys can find all the details. Yeah, we'll link. So we'll link official over there. We so, are really yeah. official. Now. And Bri- yeah. we have heard Brie speak. Oh, and have guys, we heard Brie speak. If yeah. you want to ugly cry. <laughs> And feel like that is well, okay because to do. Get Brie. <laughs> Brie, when I've, and I've watched her a couple of times, she is just, you dynamic. are in your element. You are dynamic. You are dynamic. And you're right. It is your gift. It is your gift. And you have this ability to connect and to really just inspire something else in whoever is in your, your sphere. So thank you for that. Thanks for that. I've, I have found a home behind the microphone. 
I was specifically speaking at a local business networking event. My sister was in the crowd, my brother-in-law, my best friend, my business coach were all in the crowd. And that was very rare for me because I'm so used to speaking just to companies of people that I don't know. And um, this makes me emotional every time, but um, my, (laughs) here we go. (laughs) My best (laughs) friend who has known me forever. um, And she, (laughs) this makes me so emotional. I'm surprised it took me this long. Um, but she, you know, she's known me my whole life, right. From second grade, when we would play with salamanders in the pond to now living, you know, six miles down the road for me. And we were both have a career and our mothers. And she just looked at me and she was just like, you are right where you belong, you know? And so for, to have somebody who knows me to my core, not just my work, you know, she knows me for me and my struggles and my journey. And she just looked at me and she's just like, that's where you belong. And it was just, and and I, in my heart, it was the first time I was like, you know what, I'm, she's right. Like, I know that. And for so many years of not believing in myself and, or thinking that I could do it, but you know, the feeling that I have knowing that I get to share my passion and make an impact for people is really, really powerful. So, yeah. And I think too, I also stand here today and can say, I'm a really great mom, something that if you would have tried to get me to say that out loud when I was first becoming a mom thinking, I'm not worthy of this. Are you kidding? Like I come from a long line of amazing mothers and I'm about to break it because I can't do this. I I don't know what I'm doing. Everyone else seems to be, you know, and so all of this work, this, what we've talked about, this self-care, this reflection, this taking time with myself, this working on myself, knowing that me telling myself I was a terrible mother was not helping me to get to a point where I can say, like, I'm a great mom. And so if you are in that spot, right, that spot of like, I'm not a great mom, first of all, stop talking to yourself that way. But just, but, but I acknowledge that, you know, I, I remember feeling that way too. Maybe that's the goal is to get to the point where you can look at the way that we marinate in the tough moments and the, the mistakes that we make as parents. Can we also marinate in the moments that we do really, really well? So that maybe that's the thing that we think about along the way too. So make sure that you marinate in all the good that you do because you probably do more than you think. I love you, friend. This was so good. Oh, this is this is my self-care. Thank you. <laughs> Until Thanks next time, guys. Thanks for being here. All right. Remember, the world needs your story. Bye, guys.